Yeah, this episode is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling in front of. Called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. It's all good, though. And all the brothers in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. I'm talking about Biggie. <laughs> this nice. is the best thing I've ever gotten into on this podcast. Hands down, my favorite. Um, this is, once again, way out of my realm, but not really if you know me. <laughs> um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I highly recommend that you do because we talked about Tupac Shakur. Um, and unfortunately, that brings me to the fact that we have to talk about Biggie's death um, and how they were involved with one another. We're also recording this literally 15 minutes apart from the last one. So yeah, there will be no fodder. This is the fodder right here. Me singing the intro to It Was All a Dream. And that's it. <laughs> Are we ready? Yes, I love it. I want to know. We're it. ready. So, like, like just strung out on 2020 that we're just like, eh, whatever. Time for Biggie. All right. Christopher Wallace was born in Brooklyn, New York on May 21st, the day after my birthday, uh, 1972. I was not born in 72, but it still counts. Um, by mother Valetta Wallace, who was a Jamaican preschool teacher, and father Selwyn Latour, who was a welder and a politician. His father left at a young age, causing his mother to pick up two jobs so that he could attend a private school as a child. He was noted as being a very good student and even won awards for his excellence in English, which makes sense because his rhymes are top tier, in my opinion. Um, it didn't stop him from wanting to make money and provide for his mother, though. And at age 12, he started selling drugs. It wasn't long after that that he began experimenting with rap music, and he even started to perform with local groups called the Old Gold Brothers and the Techniques. He eventually requested a transfer to a different high school and wound up going to uh, the same school with future rappers such as DMX, Jay-Z, and Busta Rhymes. So that must have been I an interesting year. Imagine seriously buying drugs for a 12 year old. I was gonna say, I can't imagine going to school with Buster Arms and DMX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was 12 and he learned the game from an yeah, it was wild. Wait, they weren't there at the same time, were they? Yeah, <gasps> are you? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's what it said. What did Buster Rhymes be around the same time? Because what even happened to Buster Rhymes? Like he's doing things, things, yeah, Buster things. Yes, he doesn't have hair like that anymore. But oh my god, moment of silence for Buster Rhymes' hair. Okay, yeah, they were uh, in school rap battles. Ah, oh, that's okay. 
I'd love to see it. That's all I'm going to say. Right, yeah. If oh, only yeah. the age of cell phones had started right there. Today <laughs> I learned there were rap battles at school. My school yeah. is not very cool, actually. Uh, no, same. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at age 17, Christopher Wallace dropped out of school and completely devoted himself to dealing. That didn't last long, though. And in 1989, he was arrested on weapons charges and sentenced to five years probation. This, of course, wouldn't be his only run-in with the law, and in 1990, he was arrested on a violation of his probation, and then in 1991, he was arrested in North Carolina for dealing cocaine. How he got to North Carolina, I don't know. Um, he spent nine months in jail, which he, uh, which he spent constantly writing lyrics. After his release, he immediately made a demo tape called Microphone Murderer and called himself Biggie Smalls. He got the name from a 1975 movie called Let's Do It Again after Calvin Lockhart's character, though he went on to sue Biggie for the use of that name years later. Uh, he picked that name not only because he was a big fan of that movie, but also he stood at six foot three inches and weighed 380 pounds. Yeah. In uh, yeah, he's a big motherfucker. <laughs> um, in 1993, Sean Puffy Combs, that's right, P Diddy, uh, came upon Biggie Smalls and promptly signed him to Uptown Records. However, literally six months after the signing, Combs was fired and all of his clients were let go. Uh, which inspired him to start up Bad Boy Records, and that became Chris Wallace's new label. That same year, Christopher's longtime girlfriend gave birth to his first child, Tiana, but the couple had split. I do have to give a shout-out to Tiana Wallace. She runs her own uh, company, her own fashion company. I think it's called Notorious with two S's. Uh, definitely check their stuff out. It's pretty affordable and super cute. So she cool. said that she didn't want to live off of her dad's money and she wanted to grow out of his shadow. And uh, she makes a lot of cool merch like in honor of him. So yeah, check it out. So even still, he promised his daughter that she would have everything she ever wanted. And he began to gain exposure. Hey, Sasha, it's coming back. When he was featured on a remix of Mary J. Blige's song, uh, real love. This was also when the lawsuit against him for his name started, so he adopted a new name, which was Notorious B.I.G. And I think that came from, maybe it was a different thing. He was really in love with the movie uh, Gangs in New York that came out in 1990. And uh, yeah, I think he named himself after one of the gangsters in that movie. So hopefully they didn't sue him. Well, obviously they didn't. Anyways, it was during this time that he was spending uh, his time with Kimberly Jones. Does anyone know who Kimberly Jones is? No. It's Lil' <laughs> Kim. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They uh, were kind of off and on, but he uh, met her on a street corner after she, she was leaving her job at some department store and after spending some time together he began to help her develop as an artist which i thought was very cool but through this whole thing they were very on again off again but biggie was rarely ever faithful to her he never referred to her as his woman girlfriend anything 
he just said that he would take care of her. So, um, on August 4th, 1994, <laughs> speaking of, Wallace married an R&B singer, Faith Evans, who he met at Bad Boy Records, uh, doing a shoot for a magazine called The Source. It was then that he also released his first solo double A-side with Juicy and Unbelievable, which was the lead single to his debut album, Ready to Die. Ready to Die was released on September 13th, 1994 and reached number 13 on the Billboard 200 chart. He was also certified four times platinum. This was the first album that brought attention back to the East Coast hip hop scene when the West Coast artists had been owning the charts. Around the time of the album's release, he became friends with West Coast rapper Tupac Shakur. Um, just to put it... Wait, wait, wait. Throwback to episode whatever that last one was. <laughs> um, and this is going to touch on how Maisie said that they were really good friends. I did not know how good of friends they were until this. Uh, various sources stated that they were constantly traveling together and partying whenever they weren't working. They spent time together at one another's homes, and they were both even quoted that their styles were inspired by one another, especially uh, Biggie from Tupac. He really looked up to Tupac, and he felt like they had nothing but love for each other. So, uh, Notorious also had a protege group called Junior Mafia, which stood for uh, Junior Masters at Finding Intelligent Attitudes. Or that's what they were called, sorry. Oh, goodness. Um, which included on and off girlfriend Lil' Kim, and they released their debut album, Conspiracy. By the end of 1995, uh, Biggie was the top-selling male solo artist and rapper on the charts. He was also named Best New Artist, Lyricist of the Year, Live Performer of the Year, and his debut album of the year at the Source Awards. He was also given the title of Rap Artist of the Year at the Billboard Awards. So Biggie was on a roll. <laughs> Um, I didn't know during that. this year, yeah, he was like he was doing very well for himself, and uh, Bad Boy Records was skyrocketing. Um, I didn't know how many like records or individuals that P Diddy was responsible for signing, but it was way more than I expected. Yeah. Um. So during this year of success, the me. Theo was also honed in on another situation going on in Wallace's life, which was the beef between the East Coast and the West Coast hip-hop groups. So the focus, as you heard from the last episode, was on Tupac Shakur claiming that Uptown Records founder Andre Harrell, uh, Sean Combs, and Notorious B.I.G. himself had knowledge of a robbery and assault that resulted in Shakur. Now, everything I saw said that he was shot five times, but... When you said shot at five times, I don't know. Like I said, that could definitely be a thing. So no, I feel like he. I feel like I read that he was shot five times as well. It's just hard to believe that he was shot five times and then went. Not hard to believe like it didn't happen, but hard to believe that a human can be shot five times and go upstairs and form like, words like "Can you roll me one?" and yeah, <laughs> call my mom. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> call my mom. Um. And Biggie was in the same recording studio at the time of the shooting, but denied the accusation vehemently that he had anything to be involved in. He was quoted saying, it just happened to be a coincidence that he was in the studio. He just, he couldn't really say who really had something to do with it at the time. 
So he just kind of leaned the blame on me. Um, in 2012, this is fun fact. This is just like not a fun fact, but in 2012, a man named Dexter Isaac, who was in prison for numerous charges uh, through the years, claimed that he had attacked Tupac that night and that it was orchestrated by James Roseman, who was a drug trafficker and a record producer, I think, but not involved with Bad Boy Records. So, so James Roseman, mm-hmm. is that not? Hold on. I don't want to... You know what? Shit. Forget I said that. No. I thought you that was the name of his manager, of Tupac's manager. Oh. He went by, like, James Henchman. Roseman was his last name. I think so. I'm Googling it. See, that's the guy I was talking about last one. Henchman. Oh. He was the one that... Yeah. That was the other guy that there's a conspiracy that he actually killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it looks like his manager was Atron Gregory. No, that was his first one. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, Interesting. So we've heard that name before. Okay, go ahead. Yes, for sure. Um, over the next 18 months, Wallace recorded his second studio album. The recording seemed to be cursed from the start, though. It was interrupted by injury, legal disputes, and the dispute between Bad Boy Records and Death Row Records. On uh, Also, during this time, I didn't write it down, but the, the beef was, like, kind of all anyone could talk about in the sense that, like, they were literally interviewing people people on which side they took and even the people were getting heated about it uh so much remember like the mtv news broadcast that they had in the middle of the commercials or whatever i remember those like i wasn't allowed to watch mtv but when i went to my friend's house it was on and i remember like the biggie videos were like huge and i remember the mtv news like was his name kurt Mm -hmm. i think his name was kurt he would do them he had the, the dark hair with like bangs on the side or whatever and yeah. he would do the mtv news and talk about the east coast west coast thing mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a, a hot ticket item um and people would even like boo the other rapper on stage at like a like a show in the other side if that makes sense it's like if tupac was pay- playing a show on the east side or like presenting an award he would get boot off the stage and same with biggie over in uh california but on september 7th 1996 uh tupac was shot multiple times in a drive-by shooting in las vegas and died six days later and of course the rumors spread that uh biggie had involvement in it super quickly um that night biggie called his wife faith crying from shock And she said, I think it's fair to say he was probably afraid. Given everything that was going on at that time and all the hype that was put on this so-called beef that he didn't really have in his heart against anyone. So it was pretty well known with any of Biggie's friends or uh, close acquaintances, I guess, that he had nothing against Tupac. And the only thing that he ever displayed was he was really hurt that he would say something like that about him. But like I said, all my research was essentially on Biggie. So everyone really had his side. So um, shortly after Shakur's death, he actually met up with Snoop Dogg 
and played a song called Somebody Gotta Die for him, in which Snoop Dogg stated that the song was about a deck or was a declaration that he never hated Tupac. So, yeah. On March 9th, 1997, Wallace presented an award to Tony Braxton at the 11th annual Soul Train Music Awards, but was booed by some of the audience. He almost refused to go on because his shoes didn't fit, allegedly. Aww. But I guess he was de dealing with a lot of personal problems and in the midst of Tupac getting uh, murdered, he found out that his wife was pregnant. And this was something I didn't include in the story, but in Tupac's diss song, uh, Hit Him Up, he alleges that he slept with Biggie's wife. Yeah. And it's pretty everyone's pretty sure that that actually did happen. There was never any confirmation on it from either party, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so there were a lot of, uh, high tensions between that. <laughs> I'm not saying the baby could have been Tupac. He was just, yeah, worried for his family. So he was supposed to be catching a flight to London that night, but the bad boy records crew decided to go to an after party instead. The party was shut down early due to overcrowding at 12.30 a.m. and left with his entourage to return to his hotel. Uh, Sean Combs uh, and a couple of other people rode in a car behind him. And at 12.45 a.m., Notorious B.I.G.'s truck stopped at a red light when a black Chevy Impala pulled up alongside it. A 9mm blue steel pistol was pulled and fired at Wallace's car. Full, four bullets struck Wallace... Which wasn't that how many, or was it six that hit Tupac or five? Five. Four hit uh, Biggie and his entourage rushed him to the hospital. But <clears throat> despite an emergency thoracotomy, he was pronounced dead at 1.15 a.m. at 24 years old. And I forgot they said that like three of the bullets didn't hit anywhere crucial, but that fourth one went through like his colon, his liver and something Ugh. else. Like oh. it went through a ton of organs. Jeez. So yeah. I have an off subject question. How old is little Kim then? <laughs> because if she's like Biggie's age, then she's a lot older. Yeah. She's, she's a lot older. She's 46. She's, yeah. Damn, I thought she was like in her 20s. <laughs> right. I thought she, she was, was like a newer artist. I didn't realize that she was around when like Biggie was around. That's insane. I only knew that she was an older artist because one of her songs were featured uh, in this movie called Grind, which was a skateboarding movie that came out in the early 2000s. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, the funeral was held on March 18th and his body was cremated. His ashes ashes were given to his family. And 16 days after his death, Bad Boy Records released his double disc second album, which was shortened to be titled Life After Death. And it hit number one on the Billboard 200 charts. And that's the story of Notorious B.I.G., um, I didn't look up any conspiracy theories. I tried to, but the only one I was really truly familiar with was that uh, Biggie and Tupac were like living it up on an island. 
But <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. I think well, they both are dead, honestly. Have any uh, Biggie lookalikes been spotted? Because there's like Tupac lookalikes everywhere. Well, do you know how the guy that uh, played him in All Eyes on Me got cast? No. He was a cable guy. And he went into this like producer's house to fix his cable, and the guy was like, "You look just like Tupac," and he used to get mistaken for him all the time. So they cast him in the movie. He was either a cable guy or a plumber. Maybe he's the guy I saw at Dollywood. Then it might have been um, crazy. Yeah, my uh, yeah, I didn't see any conspiracy theories, but honestly, I just. I don't know. It's nice to dream that Biggie and Tupac like never really had beef, and it's just for record so, sales. They know who but... killed Biggie because I am not up to date on mm-hmm. Biggie. As they're I both am. unsolved. Yeah, that they're both unsolved. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like they got shot the same way too. Well, and it's weird too because I think because Biggie's happened a year after Tupac's, um, it's very possible that someone in Tupac's squad shot Biggie because they thought that Biggie shot Tupac. You know what I mean? Like, right, it was right, never right. proved or solved. They never found the car, which is wild because they had so much information about both cars and both guys and the type of weapons that were used. Like, in the stuff I was reading about Biggie, they even knew exactly what the guy was wearing. It was like a suit with a blue bow tie. Like, they had him down to the, you know... But uh, what city was Biggie shot in? Mm-hmm, I forgot already. Too, I think it was in LA. Give me just a second. I think you're right. They were only Is six, that... their deaths were six months apart. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was shot I, in I, LA. I just, like, I remember, I remember Tupac's death, and then I remember, like, I think in between maybe after that biggie had a hit like a really big hit mm-hmm. i can't remember because i was literally in like i don't know fifth grade well so there was a song he was going to release and he maybe did that or maybe that was i can't remember if it was that one or when he first got shot but he released a song and then two days later he pulled it off the radio because he like i think it was right after it had to have been the first one that they pulled it off the radio because it was either the shooting or his his uh, sexual assault case. Gotcha. Because that gotcha. was another thing, too. So I read that Biggie didn't put out a diss track, like a direct diss track against Tupac. And Biggie was quoted as saying that that wasn't his style. That's not how he wanted to go about it. And there was right. another interview that said that he expected he was waiting every day for Tupac to call him and ask to step aside and talk it out amongst themselves. But he never did, which fueled uh, on his belief that people were just like trying to get him to cause beef with Biggie. Oh, see, I definitely think that I think people were in Tupac's ear. Like, yeah, because I think that when it came down to it, like the more that Tupac made this beef, the more like attention that their records would get and the more money they would get and the more songs that would be made. Sure. And I mean, any time two rappers have like a beef with each other, it's almost always like kind of made to made to be worse than it probably actually is. 
Like we right. were talking about uh, Eminem earlier and like him and Machine Gun Kelly's beef is so dumb. Like it has to be fake, right? <laughs> but <laughs> like, there's a funny yeah. meme that says, don't forget that Eminem dissed Machine Gun Kelly so hard he switched genres. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I know nothing about the beef. Off. I just find it funny. I know uh, nothing about Machine Gun Kelly because I am fucking old. I, I was just sleeping to, like, with the hottest woman on this planet. <laughs> she says they were meant for each other. Like who was who was the hottest woman on the planet? Megan Fox. Fox. Oh, I don't think she's hottest. Oh, well, I don't have to fight you because <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> like yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, it's okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but uh, I but like, the, I like, I like, like more like Kristen Stewart and the girl that was on Orange Is the New Black. That and the Natasha, really the redhead, really pretty, no, the really pretty lesbian that came in late. <gasps> Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. My kind of female crush. Mine's <laughs> like Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> oh, she's a top contender as well. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I think ladies are pretty. <laughs> and besides I Kristen know. Stewart, unfortunately, not that one. <laughs> really? I love Kristen Stewart. Like, Oh god. Me too. I, I just love her style. Like I just love how I mean, oh, when she did SNL, I freaking like won't delete that off my thing. <laughs> um at the end of the day though, we all, all have to admit that Big and Tupac made some bangers and uh they both came from really like I mean they both came from nothing and made something out of themselves and uh both pretty respectable dudes. Uh, also, Tupac. Oh, <laughs> Tupac dated Rosie Perez and Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay. Rosie Perez. Here I did not. Yeah, he dated some. Yeah. High up. Okay. Girl. First of all, he dated Madonna too, but Tupac and he broke up with her because she was white. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> honestly, fair. Uh, <laughs> um, Tupac mm-hmm. and Jada met at the art high school in Baltimore, and mm-hmm. I didn't start talking about this because I, I've said it before, and and I do it again. I if Jada Pinkett Smith started a cult, I would join it. Um, anywho, hundred percent. Uh, <laughs> her and Tupac. I guess. Last year, Will Smith. Yeah. What? Oh no! Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. What? What did Will Smith do? Yeah. I'm, I'm just lagging, but he uh, he released a statement that he would always be jealous of Tupac, and he said that he doesn't think that Jada Pinkett Smith will will ever love him as much as she loved Tupac. Yeah, from what I saw in like she's there's a lot of old interviews, especially around the time he died. Um, you know mm-hmm. when she became a little bit more famous, everybody was like, "Wait, you knew Tupac?" And uh, it was like, I don't. It was so. It's just so wholesome to hear talk about because it doesn't sound like it was 
any like super anything super romantic it was just like love like i don't know yeah. i don't know i see what will's saying but yeah i mean i definitely get it i mean he doesn't really no offense he doesn't really have anything to worry about but i think she just seems like the kind of person that has a lot of love in her heart so and even lil kim who was not his wife to the end of it. it in fact he was so on and off again with her because he cheated on faith quite a bit he mm -hmm. they claim it was only one time but uh faith was like ready to leave him after or she she tried to leave him i know for a fact after uh hit him up came out because she thought biggie was gonna like hurt her pretty much but Lil Kim said that uh, Biggie was like her like best lover and that I guess her and P. Diddy hold a dinner in his honor every year on his on the day he died or his birthday. One of the two. Aw. Yeah. It's very like you can really tell that people genuinely loved and cared about them because people still talk about Tupac and people still talk about I can't remember uh one of my managers at uh my morning job was like this was a while ago he's like are you east coast or west coast and this was before i really knew which was which and i was like well biggie's east right he was like yeah and i was like well it's biggie then <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah like i mean but i like both of them i just know more about biggie apparently not after today um also i need to link my sources i'm sorry uh wikipedia uh, the movie Notorious that was released in 2009. Also, if you watch that movie, please tell me I am not the only one that freaked out when Angela Bassett mm. played Biggie's mom. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Mackie from the Avengers movie plays Tupac. He is the wildest Tupac. No shade to Anthony Mackie, but it didn't work for me. It just didn't work. <laughs> it's a note from me, Doc. <laughs> it's a no for me uh falcon <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh and there was one more website let me find it real quick oh it was blackpast.org so that's the story of biggie and tupac and the east side that west side so drama i literally have never had more fun researching a case sorry black clansman you were also fun but also kind of a i mean this was a bummer but it was good to learn more about artists that That's I really crazy. like. Love. I just thought that that this was like common knowledge by now. And when you guys were like, "Oh, we learned so much," I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is so exciting." Yeah, we. I mean, I really like. Yeah, it makes me want to go into like my other favorite rappers' lives, and and see how they got where they did. You know. We're not doing not anymore. <laughs> Just celebrity biographies. What is that YouTube channel before they were famous? Yeah, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But uh sorry it wasn't well, VH one's behind the music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, uh whoever posts on the Instagram, if the Instagram is still a thing or Twitter or whatever, I have this dope picture of Biggie Tupac and Kurt Cobain in a car together. I'll link it in the group real quick. Just, yeah, just send it to me. 
<laughs> it's the coolest. Anyways, thanks for listening to Murder Blows, you guys. Uh, <laughs> make sure to take care of your face because the weather's about to change because it's fall. I found my first two pumpkin uh, beers. Sam Adams Oktoberfest has released and uh, Blackstone Brewery's uh, pumpkin ale is out. So it's fall. It's Halloween. Brace yourselves. It's not. It's still 91 degrees. Miserable. Mm-mm, no, it's Halloween now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pretend no one can tell you. me otherwise. Thank you. That's all I have right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and because your face might be a little fucked up, I know mine is right now. Be sure to stick with Arcadian and Blank Slate Labs. Arcadian's for your hair. I just, just dyed my hair the most beautiful color in the whole wide world. Uh, so I need to take care of it. So you better believe I'm gonna. And then, of course, my face is in a constant state of am I healed from teenage acne or am I experiencing adult acne? And nothing cures it better. Y'all know I love to nibble on the lip scrub. Get a little nibble of the lip scrub. Just just a, just a little tongue flick. Like Mushu from the original Mulan. Nailed it. <laughs> you can... Use code MURDERBLOWS for 15% off. All lowercase? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll believe you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Thanks for that. Side note, boycott Mulan, the live action film, because the head actress supports police brutality in Hong Kong. And if you've not read about that, you should look that up. Oh, I have not. Yikes. Also, they added a magician. What the fuck does that have to do with Mulan? Just bring back the dragon, you dumbasses. Yes, no one I wants want a magician. The black no one asks. man as a dragon, please. That's what I want. <laughs> I just remembered the third conspiracy theory about Tupac that I forgot. Bonus. Holy shit. And if you stuck around to the end. <laughs> this better be going after. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put Stay this tuned. after the credits. <laughs> okay, great. The third you are real conspiracy fan theory. Um. <laughs> <laughs> From this podcast that I used as a source called Conspiracy Theories, uh, <laughs> they I'm sorry. I, I guess, on the nose. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I guess it's one that has been going around a lot. Is that uh, we, you know, it falls under the umbrella as Tupac faked his death, but they're saying that he <laughs> didn't go to Cuba. That he's still making music under the name uh, Casanova the Don. Casanova spelled with a K and not like you would think. And uh, this rapper Casanova the Don was born in 87. So he's way too young to be Tupac. But he did write a song called Mystery Part 1 and Part 2 that show... That like kind of tell the story of maybe what was in Tupac's head the night he was shot. So it's an hmm. artist that definitely capitalized off of people being like, "You're Tupac, aren't you? You're Tupac." Mm. <laughs> but it's you know he later came out with a statement saying that, "Hey, I'm not Tupac. I'm just a rapper." But <laughs> yeah, what's his name again? I gotta Casanova the Don, and the song is called with Mystery. a K. Yeah. There he is. First of all, he looks nothing like Tupac. Oh my god. Isn't that crazy? Stop. Why would you ever? This man. 
This man. This looks like opposite Tupac. <laughs> it's just Is like he, he looks like that guy on a Saturday Night Live. That would be funny. Oh, the guy that does the uh, weekend updates. Mm, no, that's Michael Che. Michael yeah. Che is beautiful. Um, I can't think of his name. Damn it. Anyways, yeah, I like Boy, Colin. You said not the way you think it's spelled. You were right. Right. See, <laughs> <laughs> this man looks zero. Oh my god. I get. Yeah. Idiots. Oh. Oh. Oh my god. I'm so stupid. Okay, I remember why Red. they right. even thought that because uh after Tupac died his last album came out uh the uh, it's like kill and illuminati kill illuminati 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 the dawn right i have and, no idea yeah. oh. okay okay stay with me here this is what conspiracy th- you're getting a real treat at the end of this one um Okay, so it's <laughs> like a quarter of the episode. <laughs> All right, so Tupac's last album is not uh, under the name Tupac. It's under the name uh, Machiavelli, but it's spelled real weird. But it is like the Renaissance man that faked his own death. Eh? Mm. Uh, and so you have the dawn in the title of the Kaluminati, but then you have, or Kaluminati, whatever, and then you have Jumanji. You have Casanova the Don. And people were like, he put a K in Machiavelli, like, this is how this is what it means. Oh my god. Yeah. My that's head what. hurts. Anyway. That's conspiracy theories. But also, didn't he see t- like didn't he see Mike Tyson beat the shit out of someone the night he died? Yeah. Did I Yeah. That's what he's thinking about. That had to be like the single most <laughs> impressive thing he'd seen. A fight in under two minutes. <laughs> under two minutes. Wild. I like that. That's what you know, there was... Well, I'm just that trying Orlando to think. Like guy. Who? The Orlando guy. They oh yeah. Like, beef with him when they walked in the club. The. the oh like, yeah. Not the club, but the the wrestling thing that night. They had like beef with each other on the way in or on the way out. On the way out. In the um, Orlando. On the the Orlando guy is another suspect, another mm-hmm. conspiracy too. Yeah, Anderson. Uh, but yeah, woo! Good job, everybody. Good nugget. Bye. <laughs> Episode one, almost two hours. <laughs> Episode two, thirty-eight minutes. What up? Let me edit it. Bye. Goodbye. Just stick the fodder. Stick half the fodder in the front of my episode. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>